This is the MFG Cast. It's Kurt and D. Wyatt, and we've got a. Can I say who I'm here? Oh yeah, go ahead. I was going to introduce you, but I would love for you to introduce yourself. That'd be great. I will introduce myself. Hi, I'm Cassie from the Indie Game Report, and I'm here on the MFG Cast. Yeah. <laughs> now just sit back and relax, enjoy the tunes. That's right. That's right. Enjoy the ride. Sunglasses on. Music blaring, whatever you want. <laughs> Hip hop, Steppenwolf. I don't know why I pulled Steppenwolf out of, Steppenwolf out of my head. It's a good choice. That was the first thing I thought of. That's usually how it goes. We just yeah. go with the first thing we thought of. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And uh, Cassie is our special guest. We are going to be talking to her about how we, she went from being a reviewer to getting into game designing. Because, I mean, come on, we all have that itch, right? We play all these games and we're like, yeah, I can do that. And then you start doing it and you go, why did I think I could do this? And then sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Like all of mine, pretty much. So Yeah. (laughs) But before we get into talking with Cassie about her life, let's talk about what we've been playing lately. So, Cassie, since you are our... Guest of, Guest of honor. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you talk to us about what you're playing recently? Okay. I actually brought it with me. Oh, nice. I know. Well, I'll show you guys. You can see, but the people listening can't. They'll have to look it up. It's called Oaxaca, and it's designed by Sarah and Will Reed, and it's an engine builder, and it's a nice light engine builder, and I know it's funny is I never really, I never really like paid attention to what engine builders were because I was just playing games, but this one... Uh, you get a little specific in the direction you have to take your engine or else you're going to do really poorly if you don't pick a direction. And I'm, I'm, well, I'm used to games where you, you like have, it's almost like point salady. So it was definitely a lot different than what I would normally pick up, but I really enjoyed it. I reviewed it before and then the Kickstarter launched and they had these great, beautiful wooden boxes as like the deluxe edition and they have these cute little that are like uh star- i didn't bring them with me but they're start player tokens and they're called i think they're called alibrijes it's really cool it was from oaxaca goes with the game's name and so i don't know it's really a beautiful game and i really enjoy it and like i said it's a nice lighter engine builder so if you have someone that you wanted to introduce to a heavier one it's a nice one to introduce to and it's like you know bright colors and stuff it's attractive to a newer gamer, I would say. So I liked it. That's what I've been playing recently. Oh. One of four players too. So I, and solo games are nice to have around because it's not always a chance I get to play with people. Yeah. So quick question: um, with that engine builder, is it like a certain number of turns, or is it like an end game win condition? No, it's three rounds. So you get. Um, I think it, it's a dice rolling engine builder. So you you I think you have six dice each. 
round that you can use and then you use the die to purchase things or upgrade things and and then once you you've used up your dice and everyone's used up their dice then next round that's cool so it takes like half hour 45 minutes yeah but you can't like uh dawdle on your engine you have to pretty much get on it pretty quick then right well you know when when you roll your dice the first you know what you roll you can re-roll but what you get is what you get and so then you just have to take that as your direction like the dice pick the direction you're gonna go and because there's no you know there's no like some games will give you an objective to start with there's no objective that you start with you just roll your dice and then you do what the dice tell you to do to start i want to see if you can get that as a quote on the box what you get is what you get cassie (laughs) kind of i mean that's how dice are you know like that's one of the things too is i really enjoy dice rollers because there's you know sometimes after you've played a lot of heavier games, you just want something that you don't have to think too much about. And games that include dice, even if it's not like the main mechanic, uh, helps to like relieve your mind of having to make decisions. So I can appreciate dice games a lot. Very cool. Yeah, I was kind of following this um, on uh, Sarah's Twitter when they had the Kickstarter, but unfortunately I didn't have the money at the time to back it, but I just love the art on it. The art just looks so amazing. And that, that yeah. always draws me in first. I don't know. It's funny because you think that mechanics kind of would, but I'm always drawn by art first. Yeah, same here. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's what you're going to be staring at the whole time, right? <laughs> so, And you know, it's funny when I talk about games to other people or like in reviews, I always talk about the art first because that's what, like you said, that's what you yeah. see. So how... If you don't like what you're looking at, you're not going to play the game. Usually. <laughs> that is true. All I can think about, Kurt, is the, uh, when we did that episode about upgrading components, when somebody's comment was, yeah, if I'm going to be staring at this crap for three hours, I want it to be pretty crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. What about you, Dan? What have you, what have you been playing recently? Uh, it's interesting, Cassie, that you mentioned about rolling dice, because, Kurt, I've been getting into more of the Star Wars Destiny. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, it's actually really fun. Uh, I think you know my reluctance towards everything Star Wars. That being said, the game system is awesome. Uh, this is probably one of the fastest competitive, like, collectible card game slash dice game, whatever things I've ever played in my life. Like, we had a game go in, like, 15 minutes the other day. Now, I know in Magic, sometimes things can be over on turn four. You're like, well, that was bad. There's no, like, that doesn't happen in this game because you start with people and, like, abilities and all that. Um, here's one thing I really like about Star Wars Destiny. You can buy booster packs that are four bucks, right? And in that is like one dice, one rare, one uncommon, and three commons. Or you can go to like Cool Stuff Inc. and do what we did, which is we chose about a hundred cards and uh, dice and all these other things, and it was like twenty-four dollars. Because we're not buying the super ridiculous rares, and we're like, that guy seems cool. I like the way that gun looks. This lets me steal stuff. I like stealing things. I made my deck. And it's, like, dirt cheap. So uh, as long as we never play tournament level, this is going to be awesome. A a collectible game that I can play for, like, $20 a season or whatever it is. Sounds great. But um, they have – I don't know if it's still available or not. They had the two-player starter on Amazon for, like – ten dollars about a week ago uh it's a great place to start with the game my favorite thing about this game is the mechanic is the greatest thing in the world i equip my lightsaber your turn kurt you're like i roll these dice it's my turn again 
It's not like magic where you do 43 things and your opponent watches helplessly as you just laugh like a psycho because you know you're going to destroy him. You can do one thing every time you go. That's it. And it's just a, ba- a game of back and forth. And then once both of you are like, oh, I'm out. Yeah, I got nothing either. Then you reset, you recover uh, resources, and you start again from the beginning of the round. Very easy play. It does not have the lawyer rule book like most collectible card games. When you're like, uh, I'm going to attack. Uh, actually, in subcategory 73, section 6, if you attack but you don't actually announce the target, the di- none of that. It's just like, I'm punching Kylo in the face. I'm stabbing Luke. Whatever. It's that yeah. easy. That's awesome. That, so- that sounds like that's the game for me because that's where I fail at magic. Where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'll tap it for this. No, wait, you forgot to do a step. Okay, wait, I'll go back. Okay, I do this. No, you did that wrong. Okay, okay, I, I quit. I quit. I'm out of it. I can't, I can't do it anymore. Too many rules. Yeah, th- this game does have some of those ridiculously high like rares and all that other stuff. I don't care. I'm never going to do tournaments. I don't need any of that junk. <laughs> I have a guy with a gun. That's all I need. <laughs> do you ever feel like overwhelmed with those games? Like... I tried to get into Marvel Dice Masters, or not Marvel, or just Dice Masters in general. And then it was just, like, overwhelming. They had so many packs and so many cards and dice come out. I was just like, I, I'm out. I, I love much. the D&D Dice Masters because that was actually pretty fun and you can level up and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what was? The problem that we have around here is I don't know too many people into, like, the competitive games like that. So I always get, well, if you make me a team, I'll play it. But then... Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if they win or lose, they don't care. Like, they're not fine-tuning anything. So it's like, eh, you know, yeah. eh, I lost, whatever. You know, so it's like that's not fun. You know? Yeah. So, and what I like is Kim actually is making stuff in this game. Like, she's pulling together. The decks are only 30 cards. It's not like, yeah. And there's no bad. mana or anything. There's just cards. So it's not like the, oh, crap, dead draw. It's like you have 30 cards that actually yeah. do things, and that's that. So that's pretty awesome, too. Very cool. I think a Mack truck just pulled outside. Maybe our cool stuff order is here. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Just pull it around the back. Yeah, it's Um, a thousand dice. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) As far as what I played recently, um, we, me and my wife actually procured a copy of uh, Century Eastern Wonders. Yes. And yeah, I I won't talk too long on it. I I have the same... I have the same opinion that Dan had the last, uh, I don't know, last couple episodes ago when you guys played it your first time. Like, there's too much going on in this game right now for me to give it, like, a full, like, you know, like, oh, there was this and there was that kind of thing. I, my first play, I really enjoyed it. I'll say that much because I definitely think that this is more crunchy than Spice Road because, you know, you're using those ships and you're, you know, traveling to different spots and you're you know doing the markets to switch out the spices and stuff like that and you're building those outposts and stuff like is it outpost is that what those are yeah like um yeah like you got to have the outpost to be able to do the action that's on the to be able to do the yeah to do yeah to be able to do the market action or whatever yeah it's just there's a lot to it and i think i have to play it a lot more to kind of get that to get the concept of it and to get a strategy of it like I feel like when it comes to these games, I know I will lose like most of the time. I don't know what it is. There's, you know, with Spice Road and with this, like most of the time when I play it, I'm going to be playing it with me and my wife. And for some reason, she just has an uncanny way to find a way to beat me. And I will try my darndest and I will fail. I just know that. But I'll still try because you know what? 
I'm always Johnny tries a lot because I want to try and win. Even and if I don't win, hey, you know, it's just a game. But I, I want to play this first as the game by itself before I add Spice Road to it to make it from sand to sea. Because when we first started, when we first set it up, you know, like even setting up the the actual board itself with all the tiles, like I was like, man, it just seems like a lot, you know. And so, you know, just having this one playthrough, I don't think I have enough enough background to tell you, you know, oh, I like this game because of this. I don't like this game because of this. So I'll just say my first impression is that I really dug it. I actually dig it more than Spice Road, where I think, Dan, you had the opposite opinion. But uh, yeah, I, I, I can't wait for the third one to come out too. But I'm going to try to get as many plays with uh, Eastern Wonders and then, you know, combine the, you know, the first one too, just to see, you know, how that works out before I even think about well, what the third one would even, you know, mean to the whole, th- the thing as a whole. Yeah. I want to get some more plays of it in like this weekend too, because it's definitely interesting. And I mean, you cannot deny the, the table presence just looking at it. You're like, yes, this world will be mine. <laughs> but, um, it, yeah, it's, there's so much more to it. Cause like that simplicity of century where you're like, Oh, I'm just going to get this and that's that. Now it's like, am I in the right spot? Can I get over to that port? Am I going to have enough time? Do I, do, should I spend spices for travel? Like, there's so much more going on. But I'm wondering also after like half a dozen plays, if all of that just becomes second nature, like if the turns yeah. can be as fast as they are in Century. Yeah, I th- I think they can, but I also think it depends upon who you play with too, because I think if you get multiple plays with the same person, you kind of know their personality. It will be easier. But then if you get that other person, that random person that comes in, like maybe your, you know, your buddy that doesn't play every, doesn't play that much and you're not used to them that much, you know, maybe that'll kind of throw it, you know, throw a wrench into it. You know, I've heard a couple, I've heard a couple of people say that with multiple players that it becomes to be kind of a mess because there's just so much going on with like, you can only put, you know, three outposts per spot and, you know, and putting the cubes if you decide to travel past your first adjacent spot where you have to drop those cubes to keep going and stuff like that like it can be kind of you know some people complain it can be kind of a mess and i haven't seen that yet just because i've only played it two players but you know maybe if i do get a chance to play it you know more than two maybe i would see that but i haven't seen that as of yet yeah um like uh cassie have you actually seen this yet or have you seen like the layouts and everything i haven't played either game actually but it sounds like it is it a pickup and deliver game um Kind of, sort of, except you're not like you generate. You don't actually pick up from the board. Oh, gotcha. Cool. So it's yeah, it's like a lot of like resource conversion and all. By the way, Kurt, I'm going to tell you the most evil thing you can do in the game, and it is so fun. And I found this out in my last play. Is it take daddy? Uh, not take daddy, but it's a way to just go to somebody. You think so, huh? <laughs> a new game mechanic that I want to create, Kurt. The you think so. Um. So, you know, if somebody ends their turn where your boat is, they have to give you a spice. So if somebody has exactly what they need for their contract, just sail to that port and do the collect action. Because when they want to land on that port, you're like, you got to give me a spice. And if they have exactly what they need for the contract, they have to stop a turn early and harvest too. And you're just like, yeah, I know I'm not really getting that much over you, but you don't get what you want. So have fun. That's yeah, right? <laughs> it's like waste a turn pretty much. Well, if you're going to harvest anyway, yeah. it's definitely a fun thing to do. Where it's like, you know what? I'll harvest over here. Why are you doing that? No reason. 
Nice. Yeah, that's evil. I don't. It, it's like it's like a movie. I didn't want to know this evil. Can you take no, it out never. of my head? No, never. Stay with you until you die. All right, fine. That's a huge cup. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love all this audio. I might have to cut cut out because no one's gonna have any clue. <laughs> I think you have to sit that in, and we're not gonna talk anymore about the cup. Let's continue topics, Kurt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No oh, one talks goodness. about the cup. <laughs> I have a tiny head. All right. <laughs> yeah that's true it's because you're holding out it out way in front of you you know it's like when fishermen put a, feet, a small fish out way out in front of them it looks i huge. buy all my hats at the build-a-bear workshop it's just <laughs> yeah yeah exactly oh jeez. all right well let's oh, get gosh <laughs> let's get to let's get to why we're here let's all right talk to cassie a little bit Tell, just tell us about how you got into the business of reviewing with the Indie Game Report. So, I've always been attracted to indie games. Um, well, indie stuff in general. I'm just like that weird kid that wanted to listen to the things that no one listened to. And once people heard it, it wasn't fun to listen to anymore, you know? So, <laughs> same thing with games. Once a game's popular, it's like, oh, I'll just play something else. But, um, so I would go to my game, you know, my friendly local game shop. And I would find these games that were just like, they looked like they weren't popular and they were just like kind of, you know, dust collecting on them in the corner of the shelf. And I was, but they had great art, you know, and we just said art's like the first thing we see, right? So I would pick these games up, but I would, I like to watch how they're played first before I, you know, just buy it. So I would go to YouTube to find something about the game and there would either be nothing or there would be just really terrible videos. Or it was like the game creator that is not familiar with how to record themselves on camera. And they're just like really awkwardly trying to explain a game. And not everybody can explain the game well. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just start writing down stuff and how I feel about these games and how they play. And then I said, well, maybe I'll start recording myself doing this instead because I'm looking at videos and I'm not finding what I want so I'll start making what I want but like you know doing projects on your own without any help is a lot of work and it's like man how you know because making videos takes a lot of effort sometimes and depending on what it is you know and so I was feeling kind of burned out a little bit for no reason you know you set your own <laughs> schedule right so you can burn yourself out so I'm like burning myself out for no reason and then uh, Mike from Fairway 3 Games reached out to me and said that he was looking to collaborate on a website because he was feeling similarly and he does written reviews. And so I was like, he does the written stuff, I can do video stuff, and we'll meet up together. And he was working with Ryan uh, from the Inquisitive Meeple. And I think Ryan took like a, a long sabbatical from doing stuff, uh, like reviews and stuff. And so Mike, and because Mike was working with him, now he didn't have someone to work with. So him and I made the Indie Game Report together. And then Ryan ended up joining us after he was ready to start writing again. And, and now he is actually back doing his Inquisitive Meeple stuff in addition to the Indie Game Report. But we have like a lot of collaborators with us now. So we have uh, Dan Letzring from Letterman Games. And we have Carla Kopp from Weird Draft Games. And we have, uh, we just, ha we have like a lot of people that are part of the team now. And it's been pretty great because we're all really trying, like the point is to not burn yourself out. So everybody does an article when they can and the website still has new stuff on it. So it's been working out. 
Yeah, that's awesome. It's be- it's best to have a lot of people that support that are supportive behind you. Otherwise, it's 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 hard. It's hard to do it. You know, on your own. I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah. You know, but just having that backup, and I, you know, I have a feeling that, you know, that Ryan probably would have took more of a sabbatical, but he saw how, how awesome you and Mike were both doing, so he's like, I, <laughs> I gotta get said. back into this, you know. <laughs> So. Well, you know, you see people doing content and you're like, man, I kind of miss doing that. All right, mm-hmm. I'll get back into it. <laughs> you know? It's also kind of nice because like with so. so many contributors, you can work on something out of passion as opposed to like requirement. You know, that, yeah. that's a huge factor when it's like, because um, before with uh, I was with Kurt, I was on two other podcasts throughout the years and it was like, one of them, it was like, I actually got like a work schedule. Like, oh, you guys got to make sure four plays oh, of really? this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm out. yeah it's it's supposed to be it's supposed to be your leisure it's not supposed to be work yeah i mean i've taken sabbatical myself for you know uh it was maybe four five months there was um that hurricane that came through florida and around that time period i was i had purchased my first home and i was stressed the hell out because buying homes is so stressful first home too so I'm already stressed out, and then a hurricane comes through, and then my power was out for a week, and I also make learn-to-play videos. I had a learn-to-play video do the same week the power went out, and I was like, what is my life right now? <laughs> so I was like, I'm done for now. And so I think, like, actually this January is when I – of this year is when I – so I stopped for, like, half a year. This January I started back up, so I've been doing it for half a year again. But that was a pain in the butt. I was like, nope, I'm out. When the when the power went out, you should have done it with the old eight millimeter film. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, I was like, maybe I'll just like write it up, and I'll do a written thing. But you can't. I mean, it was for a video, and so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna find some place. I'm just gonna rent some conference room somewhere that has pretty good lighting, you know. And then I'll just like rent it for like three hours. That's all I need. Get my recording done, and then I'm out. And then, but then it power came back on, and it was fine. <laughs> But it was still out for like a week, and that was a pain in the butt. Yeah. So you've done you've done some writing and you've done some video. What is what is your what's your thing? You know, what's up? Do you like doing the videos? Is it something? You know, are you still in that process of like, okay, obviously I you know I like it, but I could do a lot better. Or is it like, or is it one of those things where it's like, okay, well I'll just kind of do this a little bit, and then maybe I'll go back to writing. You know, what's your thought process on that? Uh, well, it depends on the content. So if I'm doing, you know, I like to, I do like to do written stuff because sometimes it's easier to articulate what you want to express by taking your time and just writing it down. And then you can go back, change your words, be more particular. So, you know, when I get into more, like I went to Gen Con last year, I wrote up just a quick article about five games that I appreciated at the event. Because, like, carrying around my camera was a pain in the butt. It was just, like, terrible audio. I was just like, this is not, I don't want to put in the effort to do this when I could just do a written thing and get the exact same information out. Yeah. But I really like doing videos because I like seeing the, like, the final product at the end. But I always am like, oh, I could could learn how to do this better. Yeah, you know, you yeah. always want like better equipment or more space or better lighting, whatever it is. You know, 
What's your favorite and your? I'm gonna I'm gonna go just on either end. What's your favorite and your least favorite thing to do when you're recording your videos? You know, I don't like having to write the script. You well, know, you know, actually, I do like doing the script. I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so I'll go through each step. So I get the game. Got to learn the game. That's fun. Everyone likes to play games, learn games, right? Yep. Then I have to write the script. So it's like I'm translating the rule book into a way that I could do a video with it. Um, and that's not bad because I feel like I'm explaining it in a way that I need to understand it. Because sometimes, you know, you get a rule book and you're like, what is going on? I don't know what's happening. And so you can <laughs> write it the way you need to express it. And that's fun, but it, like the recording is good. It's the editing, I think, that's the worst part. Because mm-hmm. that's like you have to listen to yourself over and over and over <laughs> again. And then you've got to like, was this the good take? And you're listening and you're like, no, that was the bad one. And then it's like, I just, <laughs> I wish I could figure out if that was the bad take before I had to listen to it all over again. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's fun. Worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like every, you know, seems like people are getting into that a little more now that, you know, the years kind of go by and stuff like that. It seems like, you know, written content is is fun, but I think it, it feels like a lot of people are moving towards the video stuff, you know? Like, uh, you know, even even uh, a mutual friend of ours, Eric, from What's Eric's What's Eric Playing, like, oh, yeah. you could, he's like, I'm going to try videos, and then he's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's like, oh, my God, why am I doing this, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love uh, his photography. He's great. Oh yeah, it, yeah, and that and I yeah, it, he's all about the art, and that's again, that's why we like it. Yeah, um, that's the thing. We all have like the niche, you know. Yeah. And so, and like you know, he always does his art in like this cool display and array of circles, and likes to do rainbows and stuff. And like we all have our own little way that we do our thing, and I think that's what's fun. It's like you said, you know, people are getting into the video stuff. I've seen a lot of people get more into like doing a lot of live stuff. That's like so popular right now. Mm-hmm. But man, whenever I talk to people that do live video, you need like some good equipment to get your computer to just like keep that stream going. Apparently, and mm-hmm. I don't have that. So yeah, yeah, we we've done a few, and we don't even care. We're like, if it's terrible, it's terrible. It's just- <laughs> We're just gonna have fun anyway, you know. That's great. It's all about having fun. It's funny the uh, the other day, and I I will tell I will tell everybody this. Like usually, if you go on like let's just pick somebody out of the blue, we'll say Dice Tower, and you go and you watch their videos, and you see like oh they played this game or whatever. It seems like for some reason, for a lot of streamers, and I this there may be somewhere it's different. A lot of the people that watch something the most is somebody unboxing a game and showing you the components of it. And to me, I'm sorry, I think that is so dumb. Now, don't <laughs> if you hear this and you do this, don't I'm not saying you're dumb. I'm not saying that the whole pro I just to me I don't understand that. I would rather see somebody play the game. I almost did that the other day cuz I picked cuz uh uh Tracy for an early birthday present got that Got me that uh, House of Danger, that choose-your-own-adventure game oh, nice. that they mm-hmm, only have mm-hmm. at Target from Z-Man. I'm like, oh my god, I love this so much. And I'm like, I just wanna, I just wanna unbox it and show the world, you know. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm like, if I show that, then it will just ruin it because it's a choose-your-own-adventure and you don't want to just, you know. Obviously, I could just be like, yep, there's this, here's that, you know, and just be done with it. But 
I don't know. To me, it's like I re- would rather watch somebody play a game than just be like, I have a meeple. So, yeah. Um, here's yeah. a dinosaur. You know, it's like, I don't know. To me, it's just weird. It's occurred on the old YouTube channel I had, like mm-hmm. showing like, you know, like cool parts of games or like, you know, mechanisms in the game, 300 views, 200 views, whatever. One of the videos was flipping through the new D&D player's guide. Five and a half thousand views. That's There's really an funny. Unboxing of a book, and it was, and it had more. Were you literally just flipping the yeah. pages? It's like check it out. Paladins are in the game. People are like, oh man, that looks awesome. So you can't, <laughs> you can't predict any of this, dude. It's ridiculous. I know, I know. It is, it is crazy. It's just like if, if I wait, you know, all I could, do, all I have to do is just take my phone and go. I'm gonna play Fortnite. I'm gonna record it on my phone. And then show everybody. Then I would get like a half a million views, you know. And then if I go through and go, I'm so passionate about this game. I love to play. And I will show you and I will play it for three hours. And even though this takes a lot of my time and a lot of my energy and I love you guys for it, you, I only get yeah. five views because, the, you know, it's just like, ah, oh, it's so disappointing. And, and, and half of those views are somebody's like, ooh, the Fortnite guy put out a new video. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mr. Fortnite. Um, but anyway, let's get back to Cassie. Moving on. Hello. <laughs> so now you've dabbled into making your own games. So a little bit. A little yes. bit. So where, where did that start? I don't know. <laughs> I just said, I want to make a game. My turn. You know when, um, like when you're in the industry, you can just see all these different aspects of the game. And like there's publishers, there's designers, there's graphic artists, there's illustrators. There's, there's so many different parts of it. And I was like, all right, so I'm a reviewer and I'm a player. What else could I dip my toe in? So I figured, well, I, so this was like a while back. Yeah. I said, I'm going to try design. And I, it was after I've, uh, if, have either of you played Flip City yes. from uh, Tasty Minstrel? So I really like that game. I know not everybody does, but I really enjoyed it. And I, it was my first taste in a game that's like, a, not like, you know, like a filler half hour or so that does a lot of double sided card, fl- you know, flipping. And I was thinking this would be really cool if it was rethemed and like revamped if it had something to do with like recycling where you're flipping trash into treasure or something like that. And I just wrote up a little blurb and then I never did anything with it. I still haven't done anything with it. This was like two years ago. But that was, I guess, my first, well, it's not even a design, but you know, like my first idea. And since then, I've just like, I'll I'll play games and I'll really appreciate the mechanics and I'll think I'm going to, I'm going to write something up about that. And then I try to prototype it, and that's, like, the hardest part, so I move on. But I've prototyped one game, and I made rules, and, and it has mechanics, and I submitted it to a contest and everything. So I guess I have, like, one design. I don't even know if it's complete, but it's there. <laughs> nice. And that's, that's uh, is that Wizard Shelf, the one that you... Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the Gen Cant contest? Yeah, so can you submit if you're going to Gen Con? <laughs> <laughs> if it's for Gen Can, I was thinking, well, what if I go to Gen Con? Am I allowed to submit stuff for that? So <laughs> nice. Should have uh, read the rules. Should have read the rules. I don't think it, I don't think they mentioned it. 
Yeah, they probably don't. They're probably like, do whatever. They'll, just just get a top hat and a monocle but... when you go to Gen Con and be like, I hear that <laughs> yeah, Cassie is no wiser. <laughs> yeah, are you Cassie? No, I'm Bessie. Nice to meet you. It's <laughs> a terrible name. Sorry, uh, Bessie. That was great. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of saw your little write-up, and I actually watched the video, too. Did oh, great. You do your, did you do your own art, or did you hire out somebody? Uh, actually, Mike from Fairway 3 Games helped me find clip art, and he actually ah. made the prototype stuff for me. I gave him my spreadsheets, and he's like, all right, check this out. I made this thing. I was originally going to just handwrite everything, because, <laughs> and then I was going to just, you know, do it maybe in Microsoft Word, just, like, draw some boxes in there and put some pictures and see what happens. But, uh, Mike just showed me this print and play. He's like, Look, I made this thing for your game. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> He's so, so nice. He is. When he I, makes when some I, really cool stuff. Yeah, when I start making my games, I'm just going to ask him. I'll be like, what, do you, what would you do? Just make the game for me and put my name on it. Just kidding. Well, I was trying to use Component.studio, which is through the Game Crafter. Um, so they have the Game Crafter where you can make get the games made, but then you have Component Studio where you can do like the graphic designing part of you know like do the art and i was like not picking it up what they were putting down and yeah. mike is a big proponent proponent uh of component studio and he's like trying to explain it to me and i was not figuring out what he was talking about so he just kind of i guess was like, like i'm just gonna do it because he just he just did it so yeah 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 i think yeah i think so you either just you know how to do it or you don't, and uh, and that's a, like I think that's the one of the things that I think I have in my my hindering of doing, you know, making a game or something like that because I I just feel like you know guys like Mike and and even even Dan it's like they just know how to you know do those kind of things where I'm just like I have an idea, oh I'll put this down in this okay I'll write it all down on a piece of paper. What do I do now? Anybody want to tell me how you'd like to, yep. I would like to do it now? Because I don't know where to go from here. Yep. That's the hardest part is getting it, getting the idea. You get, you write it down. But then, then what? How do I turn this idea into something that I want to play or even try? Because it's like, I don't want to look at my handwriting all day long. And I don't want to look at my stick figures all day. <laughs> so, just get terrible clip art from Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the biggest things I always see on a lot of developer blogs where it's always like, just get it out there. Like, you know, just write it up, do this, do that. And I'm like, yeah, but typed things look so much better. And yeah. the response I got is, yeah, typed things also look better when they make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so it's, true. It's like, yeah, I have a, I have a, I've had numerous nights where I've looked at a game that I'm working on right now and I have it all written down and like, it's just like, it's almost like a map, you know, it's like, okay, here's everything on the board and this is where it all goes. And then a half an hour will go along and Tracy will turn to turn her head and go, are you going to do anything with that? And I'm like, well, I just, if my brain starts working, maybe, but I don't know, you know? It's just, it, it would be nice if it was just like, you know, it would just all happen. You know, my brain would just fuse and it would all just make sense. But it's just not that easy. It's not. No. It's hard to, like, you can see it in your head and close your eyes and you're like, I see it. And then you open your eyes and you're like, where'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's hard. 
So when you come up with your concept for games, is it something where you have an idea first? I've asked, I've asked this many times, but I just, I like to know. Do you come up with an idea about what the game is first, like the subject of it, and then do the mechanics? Or have you found a mechanic that you're like, like you said with the Flip City, you're like, this is a cool mechanic, and then I'll just add a story to it or whatever, or like a concept around it? Um, I think that I like to go for a feeling. So I'm making a game, I'm working on a game called Bibliophile, and it's about books. And I wanted, I want the game to feel like the struggle of someone who collects books, because you don't have enough money and you don't have enough shelf space for all the books you want. Got to make some decisions. So that's what I wanted to have the feeling of. And I had another game that I haven't really done much with it since I like typed up some thoughts on, you know, just get it out of my brain and it's called like i'm going with pagoda palace for right now but what i Mm -hmm. saw is at the end of the game there's just tons of beautiful pagodas all over the table so how do i make that happen and i'm looking (laughs) at it and it feel and i feel great and peaceful and i'm pleasantly surprised at how enjoyable that game was how do i turn that into a thing i haven't done that yet though (laughs) so that's where i'm at right now I love it. I think that's the first time I've ever seen someone say, this is the end. Now, where do I get to the beginning? <laughs> Does Tarantino the game design? There you yeah, go. Yeah, right? I don't know. It's nice because when I play a game and then you're done with the game, you look at all you know the table, what you just did, and you're like, wow, that was really cool. And that's what I think when I'm thinking about I guess when I'm thinking about designing, but just in general, I'm like, I wish this game exists. Sometimes the game already exists, but I want to say, what feeling am I going to have when I look at the table and I'm all done? How did I feel about that? And then I go backwards, like you said. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. So I got one question. Uh, do you think that game Bibliospile, you can turn it to like a board game Leospile? Because the notion of not having enough money or space for board games will sell like gangbusters. <laughs> it's something that everyone can relate yeah. to. <laughs> It's no like kidding. so meta. Like, isn't there a board game geek, the board game, or something like yeah, that? <laughs> like, especially if the game can possibly give you some answers on how to handle this, it'll be amazing. Yeah, no kidding. It's like okay, so you There's have a solution. Yeah, it's like so you have all these games, but guess what? You only have four calyxes, and you have to only you can only fit them into what? So you have to get rid of yeah. three games because. But which three games? Because you could have those medium-sized games, but maybe you can get rid of one well, big box game and fit a bunch wait, of small games in there. First of all, Kurt, Malik's trademark. This way we can't get sued by Ikea, right? So that's the first thing. They're Malik shells. <laughs> uh, secondly, okay, I think we got to start making this game together here. I got some more ideas. The phases will be... Just scribble it down real quick. The phases will be the acquisition. And in the expansion, it could be like the spouse expansion where you have to oh silently hide how much you spent and you have to like make a sneak roll to see how many you can get back into the collection. Then there'll be the panic phase where you realize it doesn't all fit and what do you do? And then the cleanup phase can be called the culling phase. All of this is awesome. Very nice. <laughs> I want all of this now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Trademark okay. us. No one right? can steal this. We set it on a thing. So if you make this, you're stealing. I'm not a good lawyer. <laughs> Yeah, TM. That's all I know. Uh, 
So, so when making your own games, Cassie, what what is your what is your biggest hang up on trying to you know come with a finish? Obviously, you know you've talked, you've got some ideas and stuff like that. What's your biggest hang up on trying to get this into a biggest until into getting it into a finished product? Ugh. Um, sometimes it can be like a little intimidating. You know, you will write it up. Even this one that I have that I submitted to the contest, I'm like, so I brought it with me to, I was just recently at Dice Tower Convention in Orlando nice. and I, I brought it with me. Yeah. Um, and I was able to play test it with a friend, uh, Carla from Weird Draft Games. And nice. yeah, it, and she gave me some really great feedback <laughs> and when we were done, I looked at her and I was like, so Carla, is this a game? And she's like, first of all, this is a game. And yes, you are a game designer. This is a game and you made it. And I was like, oh, thanks, Carla. Because <laughs> it's like, you feel like you didn't actually do anything. But when you can, I guess, like get feedback from someone that has played games and knows that a game's a game, it's nice to... Uh, just, I guess, have that support. Because it's hard. Sometimes you're like, I don't think I am actually... This isn't... I don't know if this is a game. And you're like, this is fun. But is it fun because it's mine? Or is it fun because it's fun? So it's... It can get tough sometimes to... Yeah. At least for me. Because I'm like at the beginning of it, you know? Maybe once I've like made a couple of things, sent them out to people, and they're like, this is pretty good. You should keep moving forward. But mm -hmm. I'm not even there yet, you know? So... Yeah. Have you two made anything that's been published? Not published. Made things, yes. Published, not yet. The, the yeah. blind yeah. playtesting yeah. part is always the most fun because that's when you're like, how good am I at reading people's faces? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't even, unfortunately, I haven't even gotten to that part yet. I think that's one of my biggest hangups is getting it to anybody. Even if, even if it's getting it to the table with my wife or my son or something like that and saying, what do you feel about this game? Because I, I'll tell you, I've got a, you know, I've, I've got a good, uh, you know, anything that anybody criticizes, even if it's a good criticism, I will take it harshly because that's just who I am. You know, I'm just like, don't, why would you say that? You know, even though it's like, obviously it's good criticism, you should take that, but I don't know. It's just, I think that's my biggest hang-up. I'm like, I just want everyone to like it. Can you just like it? I just want you to like it and like me. Can we just hang out? That That's my thing. You know, it's funny because I just listened to... Um, oh, I'm trying to remember which podcast it was. I think it was Breaking into Board Games, and they were interviewing Levi Moat, I think is how you say his last name. He was talking about... Um, the difference between development and design mm -hmm. yeah and how like when you when you get a game from a designer and they're like oh but this is my baby don't change anything all the things need to stay you can't change anything <laughs> and then it's like okay well then you can have your game back because <laughs> this is yeah. not ready yeah and exactly i think that's going to be hard for me if i get to that point with a game where i'm like I give it to a publisher and they're like, this is great, but we totally hate the theme. So we're going to change the theme. And I'm like, that was the most important part. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's why I made this. Come on. Now. Yeah. So I think that's going to be hard. But if I ever get to that point, it'll be exciting to at least work with other people on it. So because they're going to care enough about it to want it to be great. Right. They're not going to tear apart a game and make it worse. Hopefully. 
Well, see, so. and that's the other thing too, because the the better and worse is always subjective, because it depends on how important yeah. the theme is to you, or how important this me- uh, mechanism is to you. A while ago, when when I was meeting with some publishers, they were saying like, whenever you design a game, there's one of two roads that you have to go down. There's either the game that you want to make and you want to play with your friends, and nothing else matters. Hey, if it cost $150 to make it, you spend the $150 and you and your friends can play it forever. If you want a game that can be on a shelf, you cannot be attached to anything. Not the theme, not the mechanisms, not the components, (laughs) none of it. You know, it's like, hey, you know that game about uh, how you're an elven hero and you're trying to kill the orcs? Yeah. Well, it's actually about stock markets now, and it's a dice roller. And you're like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if we could only get to that point. Right? Yeah. Down the road. We will. Yeah. We will. (laughs) you know it's funny because like uh the whole reason i'm doing it is more so to show myself i can do it you know you Mm -hmm. play games and you play games and you play games you're like man i can do this (laughs) i can do this right (laughs) and then you never actually do it but i'm trying to actually do it so it's, it's it's scary it's like when you know like you said you're putting yourself out there and people are gonna say things about something that you made and now it's your baby and it's like i don't want you to change my baby's clothes or mm. or put put new feet on it or whatever i don't know what analogy i'm going with now but you know Wait, what you kind know, of baby know. do we have i really hope it's not a real baby otherwise if you're changing out their feet we're going I robotics feel so sad for that baby <laughs> anywho Hopefully it's an old Cabbage Patch doll that just needed to be changed. I don't know. Is Cabbage Patch th- even a thing anymore? Jeez, they used to be I was going to say, show, show the time there a little. Yeah, no mm. kidding. Some gray hairs on this old beard. That actually sounds like a great indie title. I can't... Some gray hairs on this old beard. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Oh, we're coming up with yeah. all kinds of great ideas. Let's write them down all now. I don't have any other questions, Dan. Can you think of anything else? Uh, no, not really. It's, it's just, you know what it is? It's good to see, you know, when you have these ideas and this intense, like, passion and desire to explore that you're actually going out and doing it. You know, it's it's just, like, very easy for people to get dissuaded, you know? Yeah, and, this, you know, this is a good industry to be able to, like, get your feet wet in. There's, like, a, there's a lot of industries that have a lot of, just with technology you can't really get your foot in the door but now even with like if you want to get if you want to get miniatures you can have miniatures made and go get like a 3d printer and have someone make them for you or you can go what's the website there's a 3d printing website you just like can order stuff and there's the game crafter if you just want to make a game and you're like hey look at all this cool art i don't know how to put this on a box though oh there's a website that'll do that for you there's a lot of options, I think, for this industry if you want to get into different aspects of it, which is mm-hmm. great that not a lot of other industries can offer. So it's almost, I mean, it's still intimidating, but it's yeah. a lot less intimidating because it's a very open and like inviting kind mm-hmm. of community. Yeah, just like you said with Mike doing doing the stuff for you, you know, and then like even like you know like the 2015 when me and Tracy went to our first Gen Con, like. We, I went and said hi to uh, Stephen Bonacore for a second, shook his hand, you know, and he, he was, he was already like, as I was saying hi and shaking his hand, he was already talking to another dude about, 
his game, and I could tell on the on the look on his face, he wasn't gonna take, he wasn't gonna sign that game. But he was mm-hmm. like, "Make do this, make this, do this. Come back to me next time." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know what other industries are like that, where it's like, you know, you go up to somebody and you go, "I want to be able to change brakes in a car. Can you help me?" You know, they'd be like, "No, I'm on the job right now. You know, you want that? Come get, come, you know, fill out an application. You know, yeah. it's like." And there's a lot of there's a lot of good help online and you know stuff like that where people are willing to give you if you're nice enough and you find a way to ask those questions they're really you know out there to help you so yeah and there are some publishers that just are like oh want to know some information it's right here for free and you can access yeah. it anytime like James uh, yeah. yeah I was Mayer. gonna say James Stegmaier yeah. he is a fountain of knowledge on this stuff. Mm-hmm. James Maith's website too has tons of stuff too and I think they offer different information which is nice but it's great that someone actually put all of this together because they want other people to be successful and that's really awesome and it makes it a lot easier for someone to enter the field and like like I said it's more I mean like that's what's more welcoming than that than someone saying here's the blueprints to be successful you know, yeah. the other thing, too, is um, it's like now it's like a, a great time to look into this stuff because there's unpub events, there's playtest parties, mm-hmm. there is like online communities that are just dedicated to like, we will tear you apart a game, we will find the weak spots, you know, like we'll help you iron this stuff out. Like we just want to, you know, just like mention us in your book or, you know, let us name one of the characters like it, it's, you know, you think about like the video game industry and like usually like the playtesting thing is grueling you know yeah. and it's like in the board game community it's it's granted smaller the fact that there's so many dedicated things to this you know yeah and play testers 90 percent of them are only here because they want to be helpful and they want to play a game that's going to be awesome and they're going to tell you what they think is the way to go and that's great and like you said i mean where do you get that where someone is going to give you feedback that's positive and it's trying to be like directional it's not just like i hated the way this character's gun looked in its hand you know this game is terrible because it's so bad thank you for your input (laughs) (laughs) i will be drinking over here in the corner if you need me (laughs) oh that's awesome well i i wish you all the success in the world i I love what you've done so far thanks um it's cool to watch the videos and see how how far you've come already only only even though you've only done a few but if anyone wants to um envelop themselves in uh the stuff that you're doing where can they reach you just like me personally yeah of course okay i'm on twitter at friedman cassie and i have a website cassiel.com and the indie game reports website is probably the easiest to get a hold of any of us really uh indiegamereport.com so that's where you can find me and mike and all of us you can get a hold of mike and say hey make me this proto you helped cassie i heard that you help people <laughs> that's right and you make fancy games like starving artists i know mike's gonna be listening to this that's why the only reason why i said that <laughs> hi mike but anyway, thank you, Cassie, for coming on. It's been a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. And until next time, I'm Kurt. This is D. Wyatt. And this was the MFG Cast.
Holy Kurt, I, I wanted so bad to be. It's like you know, like and don't forget, Fairway Three Games, a proud sponsor of the MFG Cast. Starving Artist is available on Amazon.com. You can also find it. At <laughs> legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.